welcome to Joe Talks Comics. I'm your host, Joe Loves Comics, and this is the podcast where I talk with friends about the comics I've been reading and enjoying lately, plus occasional solo episodes and creator interviews. This episode, I'm going to kick off my end-of-year, sort of three-week episode stretch that you'll hope to be seeing here in your feeds, where this week, we're already halfway through December, I hope you've had a good summer so far, I hope you're all well. But we're going to go back a bit, talking about the comics I enjoyed in November with a special guest, Dom, in this particular episode, from comic releases, and I also met him through uh, League of Comic Geek, so I could see lots of guests on here. And so yeah, I'm very excited to, for you to hear the conversation you're about to hear. I think it was another really great conversation that I always thought it was like really productive and really just it's really like nice and interesting to talk to these people then it's sort of especially interesting when sort of like similar sorts of topics come up or the conversation starts original and then it sort of drifts towards the same sorts of things that we've all sort of always been talking about on this podcast if you've been listening since the beginning with like the industry and everything so yeah I talk with Dom a bit about his work with comic releases and then about like, League of Comic Geeks and any of his sort of like podcast or anything he's got going on and just yeah in general the comics we read and enjoyed in November so I don't want to say too much more but I did touch on some of the single issues I enjoyed in November but not any of the sort of collections that like trade paperbacks and that sort of thing so first of all towards the start of the month I reread Mamo the trade for that from Boom Studios Boombox technically Sass Millage that was a really adorable, great read. It's such like a wholesome read. It's got a nice warm feel to it that I'm sure I've heard it compared to like, like a Studio Ghibli sort of thing where I haven't read, I haven't watched any of those sorts of films, but I can sort of see that from the start of the day and sort of like LGBTQ plus of like witchet, young witches, like a magical fantasy aspect to it. There's, there's just lots going on in the comic. It's, as I said, very like, warming is it's sort of a book that's nice to like snuggle up with on a cold night or whatever and just sort of soak yourself into it for a period of time because yeah I, I really would recommend it the art the characters the story is it's so great it's one of my favorites and i'm excited to say that probably oh, i don't know we'll see but like next year early next year relatively i'll be having a conversation a full-length episode on it with mighty lee's comics you'll see featured on the next couple of episodes that will air after this and then the next couple of weeks leading up to the end of the year and the best of 2022. But that's for another day. I also read uh, Volume 6 of Giant Days. Again, great fun series. You want, like, slice of life, like, comedy. Like, it's very comedic and very entertaining, and I would really recommend it. The characters are so likeable, and as I sort of say in my review on the comic geeks if you enjoy slice of life comics at all if you enjoy things like strange academy and american dolphin street paprika which i mentioned because of the episode i did on that with davy where we sort of talk about our love for slice of life comics and what that's all they're into you seriously need to check out giant days each volume has only four issues but i always feel like i'm getting my money's worth it never feels like oh that was only four issues i'm always like i want more but in, in a good way it doesn't ever feel like it's only four issues and the art is just perfect it's like sort of animated and 
it's just yeah, it's it, it's such a fun series. I'm I'm loving it so far. And I think I'm about halfway through, maybe just about or around that point. So I'm very excited to see where it goes and to see where Daisy, Susan, and Esther go next. Definitely recommend that. Additionally, on the sort of the penultimate series to talk about, I read Volume Two of the Mighty Marvel Masterworks X-Men, where walks the Juggernaut. Yeah, if you don't know what the Mighty Marvel Masterworks are and you want to read that sort of Silver Age Marvel stuff, I would really recommend that as well because I mean they've got these like gorgeous Michael Cho covers. I I can't remember what episode it is, but I, I did talk about them in an upcoming episode that I recorded recently, which you might hear at some point eventually. It might even be this one. I, I can't quite remember honestly, but yeah, I love those covers and. They're very entertaining in terms of reading those classic Marvel Silver Age stories. It's very interesting and sort of like, just like as as an artifact of comics history in terms of because I've never read any of this sort of early stuff before, but I've always found it sort of intriguing. Like I'd want to one day, so I'm very glad that they're sort of consistently putting these all out and sort of giving me the opportunity because they're not. That's the thing. They're not like that much. They don't cost that much. That's what I'm trying to say. Where like on here, the one I'm looking at, the X-Men ones, are like $16 for, what, like, nine issues or whatever. Which is, and like, a nice, sort of, smaller size paperback. They're smaller in a trade, like, Mamo and this are smaller than, like, a normal comic-sized issue. And it's a, it's a nice alternative to, say, like, the Omnibus, which can be very expensive, or even, like, the Epic Collections, or anything like that. So, again, worth checking out if you want to check out that sort of material. Something that I bought a few months ago, I... Got a great deal on eBay for the first three volumes of Black Science by Recommender and Matteo Scalera, which I've been meaning to read for forever. Again, I talk about this in an upcoming episode of something I recorded where I've sort of been on a romantic kick over the past several months when I read Deadly Class over the summer and Seven to Eternity Now and Black Science and The Righteous First Revenge Center. There's, there's so many. So the art in that Black Science is gorgeous, as gorgeous as the covers made me excited it was and again it's nothing that's so like threading and action-packed and it just feels so like vibrant and creative and unique and i love like the different characters and everything going on with that the, like their dynamics and the way Remenda sort of creates those conflicts and makes it so interesting and the way it's all illustrated by Scalera and in the first couple of volumes anyway coloring by dean white and then it moves on to coloring by Moreno di nizio pronounced that right for the rest of the series and see so, yeah, i'm very excited to read on i probably won't buy any more of the individual volumes because they just announced at the time of recording that there will be a complete compendium of black science which is very exciting to hear because i love the saga and events more compendiums and paper girls and more recently walking dead so that'll be very fun to have yeah all three volumes of that i felt like it was a nice I did sort of realise this, I didn't do this intentionally, but I thought like, the end of the third volume was a nice sort of place to leave off. It's sort of leaving wanting more, but it's an interesting point in the story, and I guess it makes sense when I consider that I think that's the end of the first hardcover, so like maybe the first third of the story. So, yeah, that's another one. I'm very excited to see where it goes, and to eventually uh, read even more of recommended stuff, and... Yeah, just all the fantastic artists he works with, like Wes Craig and Deadly Class and Jerome Opinia, 
again, I hope I pronounced that right, Matt Hollingsworth on Cutters, uh, on Seven to Eternity, and, oh, was it Andre Lima uh, Olejo, again, I hope I might not pronounce that right, so I apologise, but then Chris Halloran, so, you know, I, I could go on forever about all the fantastic artists and things that I've enjoyed recently, so, yeah, I think with that, I will leave it, and I hope you enjoy the episode, and I'll see you on the other side, as always. First of all, Dom, I just want to welcome you to the podcast, it's great to have you here. No, oh, pleasure to be here, man, always good to talk about uh, comics in any setting. You know, I mean, this is our hobby. Yeah. Um, appreciate that we share one. So good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So just starting off very generally, what were some of your favorite comics in November that you read? Starting off very broad. Man, I've read a lot of stuff this November. It's it's weird because, mm. like, as you as you know, um, or as you might not know, um, I've been working at a comic shop for the last uh, year and a month. This is actually my final month um recording this on december 2nd and i'll be out by december the 30th because i got a much higher and better job offer so definitely gonna miss the folks over there but uh i mean stuff like that happens so it's all right um but with that i've had the opportunity to pull a lot more stuff than um i thought i generously uh generally pull anyways uh if i had to select anything that i loved uh, from this month, I'm I'm still super digging uh, Chip Zdarsky's Batman run. Uh, I I I hadn't been pulling Batman regularly. I think since uh, Joker War by by Tynan uh, with uh, was it 95 to 100. Mm. Um, but uh, I recently read uh, JLA Tower of Babylon, reread Batman Rip um, by Grant Morrison in preparation for the run. Uh, which has led me to appreciate uh, what Chip's doing in the main book even more. So that's that's been super fun to to dig on. Um, I've been loving the new Poison Ivy series by G. Willow Wilson. I didn't expect to like it as much as I, I have been, but I I've been super surprised uh, just how high quality that series has been too. And the first arc, tremendous ending. Uh, I thought so. So kudos to them, and kudos for everyone uh, supporting that book as well. Uh, now it's a it's an ongoing, you know, and, and all that stuff too. So happy about that, and um, whatever Jeff Johns is doing with the JSA, I liked uh, New Golden Age, the uh, recent Star Girl issue one that uh, came out, and also JSA uh, number one that also came out three days ago. So lots of good stuff mm. in November, man. Yeah, lots of fun stuff, and it's funny, like you mentioned, I first read the first omnibus of Morrison's Batman. It was like early last year with that whole um, Zerinar thing. And I, I still need to read Tower of Babel though, because I've heard that's one of those stories I've had lots of good things about. But yeah, I agree. Zadarsky's Batman has just been awesome. It's with, um, can't forget, like Jimenez and artwork. I think it's mm-hmm. Tomo Mori on Cutters. Yep. Tomeo Mori it's, has been doing mm. fantastic stuff on, on that book since... I think issue 86 when when uh, Tony S. Daniel uh got on uh yeah he did a couple of issues. yeah he did um and I mean he's been he's been on since he's one of, he's he's one of my favorite colorists I think at the moment just because of how I mean his tone is great I've I've loved uh all his stuff on on Batman um 
waiting for Noctera to, to get to get back, I guess, because you know, now I mentioned Tony Tonyus Daniel. Mm. But uh yeah, to, uh Tomei is doing good stuff. I mean, Batman is among my top five books every single month. It's not like I don't I mean I read mostly everything, if not everything, or I'm consciously aware of everything as you know. Uh but uh it's yeah, I, I mean I love Batman. It's it's hard for me just not to uh not to read the book because that was one of my, like Scott Snyder's Court of Owls, City of Owls, uh Death of the Family, uh stuff in New Fifty Two were some of my first comics, so uh it's it's hard not to read Batman at any point in time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean those were like classics and modern classics for a reason. I remember speaking of times I've I've been reading all these classic Batman stories over the past couple of years getting around to them. I read that first side of Capullo Batman on the bus like mm-hmm. last Christmas and mm-hmm. hopefully I'll be able to get the second volume at some point but just to like finish up the run and absolutely it's like I, I, I yeah I really enjoyed this Justice League I don't know what you read of um the Justice League run that Scott Snyder I have read yeah, I've I really read almost that. everything Scott Snyder's written like yeah like yeah Gotham Black Mirror uh Witches American Vampire um, of course, Batman, All-Star Batman uh, with John Romita Jr., Tula Lote, and all of those uh, amazing artists on that run as well. I mean, I double-dipped on his Justice League. Yeah, I'm waiting to see if they ever do omnis of it. I have it all in singles, and they're, they're stored in my uh, Justice League star box in, in my room. Um, so I have all that, but uh, it's, uh, I guess, yeah, Dark Knight's Metal and Death Metal. I, I mean, I just stuck with Snyder. I, there's, there's um, I it's hard to play with someone uh, when you've followed them for for such a long time, because it's it's just there's something about that pull. It's either you know you grew up reading those guys or those people when you were you know kid or teenager. I mean, I was a teenager when I read Batman, uh, New Fifty Two, and I've just stuck around with him since. I've you know I'm super excited for. Uh, the book with Tula Lode, when whenever that uh, whenever that drops in print, I'm uh, super excited to read that. I uh, really enjoyed We Have Demons as well, the comicsology original. I read that in in uh, in singles, and I I thought that was great mm. as well with with Greg Capullo. So you know, I I don't know if I'd consider Scott one of my top ten, but uh, he's uh, he's been someone that that I've followed for such a long time. So it's super hard not to pick up his books whenever they drop yeah definitely i the one i'm really looking forward to eventually hopefully seeing print is claire he did with francis manipal mm-hmm. so i absolutely love that i mean um it was, it was manipal and butchelato's i mean i hope you say it the their flash run the new 52 that like first half of the run is mm-hmm. like right. the first comic run i ended up reading and manipal's mm-hmm. artwork is just gorgeous so at any time, like Snyder and Manipal get to work together, it's like we mentioned on about Terror. I think they've got the the Terror about one shot coming out soon yep. at some point. Um, so yeah, again, any opportunity they can have to work together, it's just I always feel like it's such a delight. I agree. It's yeah, Manipal's another one too that I've. I, I mean, I love his artwork too. Like, you, like obviously Flash, you have you have him on that, but. Trinity Rebirth was, I thought, a fun book. I don't think it's, you know, groundbreaking or whatever, but it's it's solid stuff if you want to read, you know, any comic with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman in it. And I, I thought that was fun. 
and his artwork on the uh, Justice League Drowned Earth issues I thought was pretty phenomenal as well. It's it's hard to not get Manipul uh, whenever he's on. You know, even like the Art of No Justice was great as well when when he was on those those issues. Uh, so, I mean, he's a he's a cool artist as well. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that um, Justice League Run, like you mentioned, was Drowned Earth, and it really had some like stellar artists. It started out with Jim Chung and mm-hmm. had like Manipul on there at points, and then Jimenez, and it's just mm-hmm. that I, I think I think I was going through some of the I, I was going through one of my back issues one time of that run, and. I saw like um Sam Pear's name on the cover, Daniel Sampair. Again, I hope mm-hmm. that's how you say it. But mm-hmm. because like at the time I didn't recognize his name, but then of course after um Future State Aquaman and the um action comics work he did, I was like, Oh, it's like it's that guy. Like like I sort of go back and recognize people that didn't really mean much to at the time. It's always fun. I it's cool to see where Daniel Sampair has also come along. I remember when he was on those new 52 justice league dark issues and seeing his yeah. artwork there and to see him go from that to all of these pretty cool spread pages in uh in dark crisis on infinite earths uh it's it's cool to see the evolution of artists because as you draw more you evolve more and i i think that's a really cool thing like if you follow an artist as well which might honestly be more satisfying than following like a certain writer because you you get the opportunity to see where they go from like 10 years ago to now um i I mean i can pretty much pull any of my my favorites i guess off like patrick gleason is my favorite artist and it's it's been Mm. fun to see how he's gone from uh green lantern core where he is now with amazing spider-man um Heck, Gary Frank from his early stuff in Marvel Max and Incredible Hulk and Supergirl to uh, Jeff Johns' uh, image stuff on Geiger and Junkyard Joe. Or, I mean, there's, there's just so many tremendous artists out there, obviously. But I think it's just cool, like if, you get, like, if you know a guy and you know you've been reading a guy for an X amount of years and you see how they evolve from whatever their past form was all the way up to their their new their new form it's it's cool to see just how they've transitioned from whether it's you know i'm using more lines or i'm making it more refined or i'm going to change my art style a bit to make it look cleaner you know it's it's cool to see see those uh transitions from everyone i think yeah definitely it's interesting when you sort of consider um artists sort of that are sort of around now sort of originated towards like the tail end of the I don't know how best to describe it, sort of like the classic sort of like era, sort of like the before um like like digital artwork was like properly like took hold in like the two thousands and w- when it was still sort of that more sort of like classic style of like the like the late nineties and 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 of course like yeah they, they are just like completely different. Like you mentioned like Gary Frank. I remember being introduced to his arc on um, Shazam, the new 52, that origin story. Yep. And it's just, yeah, it, it's, one of, it's one of those art styles that's just, it just like, looks awesome. Like, that's just uh, one of the only ways to say it. Oh, I, I agree. Especially, mm, especially when it's, um, 
when he often works with like a, a such a cool colorist like Brad Anderson, things like Doomsday Clock, and I know, I know the story of that is not everyone favorite, but in terms of the artwork, just for Doomsday Clock, man, I I don't know if it was just me buying every single variant that that came out because it was Gary Frank doing all of the art for that book, so having it be singular. And having all of these cool different covers, whether it was like the main printing, second printing, lenticulars, I got them all. I actually had the fortunate opportunity to. Uh, there was there's a guy there's a guy at the comic shop uh, that, that comes in. He 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 gets stuff uh, every intermittently, like every two or three weeks. Uh, but uh, he comes in. He spends a, a lot of money on our premium back issues, which are on the wall. You know your key key issues, whether it's I don't know, like a uh, Moon Knight number one or first appearance of Kang or whatever it might be. And yeah, out of the blue, you know, he came out and it was like, you know, he bought all of his stuff and he left. But apparently, uh, after I got off of work, it was like October, it was October, that Wednesday, we were closing down and my boss comes out and he has. The absolute doomsday clock in his hands, and he tells me, oh. "Hey Dom, you someone just bought this for you as a thank you gift for, I guess everything that I helped him out with, uh, as a as an employee at the shop." And voila, there it is—the beautiful doomsday clock absolute in my hands. And I mean, I couldn't believe it. I I was speechless. I didn't say anything. It's now on my shelf. I've I've read through it again. It's like, wow, like that to have someone like appreciate you in that sense is just I think pretty cool. And on top of that, a story that I pretty much stuck out with for the three years running that it did is a uh, it's heart it's heartwarming. So it it means more to me I think than most other people. Uh, but that's okay, you know. I, I know it doesn't vibe with everyone, but it vibed with me in certain aspects. So I, I'm I'm cool to have been able to say live through it and <laughs> have read the issues and have it. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. I remember in the last year or two, I lose track of the last few years, but I <laughs> basically just like collected a full set of Doomsday Clock. I was because like, like buying them off like eBay and things and like, adding to the ones that I, I'd already gotten because um my uncle um had read like obviously read like Watchmen and mm-hmm. there was like classic um and after I read um Watchmen it was all like oh you, you need to read like this and this and then and then he basically just lent me his like copies of Doomsday Clock and mm-hmm. I was like eight issues or so which was all that was out at that point. Right. And I just really enjoyed it. And then I basically like picked up the remaining like like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, four issues left. Um myself. And I just remember, yeah, like loving the covers, picking up like which of the two covers that I wanted and <laughs> and eventually leading me to like wanting to just like collect them all the ones that I wanted because they were just they are such great covers and I can't imagine the thing of the absolute I've never actually wanted an absolute until that one. Like I've never seen <laughs> like like they're nice, but it's not like I don't really need it. But right. if I was if I was ever going to get an absolute, it, it would have to be that one. It's I mean you open it up. So it's it's got the photo of Dr. Manhattan's 
son Clark. Not mm. um as a, as a, that that uh how do I describe it? I don't know what the word is for it, but it's in there and it is just a cool thing to have inside as well. And going through all of the different processes that Gary Frank did in that book and turning it from page to page, it's just it's just literally a a treat of an absolute. And as you know, uh I I do work for comicreleases.com. Or it's me and the other guy running the site, but uh you know, we both of us buy oversized editions because that's just how our our things roll. That's just how we decide to read comics for the most part. I still get floppies, uh, but but obviously, I if I do have a chance to, if it ever comes out in an oversized hardcover or a an omnibus or library edition, I'll, I'll try to snag that. And the fact that like it's like right now, it's my only absolute. But like just to have it there and not worry about ever needing to contemplate on buying it or picking it up somewhere is uh it's it's a pretty cool treat to have i think so it's 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 just awesome like you get pretty much get the absolute for the artwork for certain i just like like if you get the kingdom come or year one of of batman or all-star superman you're telling yourself hey i'm going to get you know alex ross or uh and why am I blanking on these guys' names all of a sudden? Uh, you're getting all of their their guys' uh, art in in this prestige, this largest available format uh, to see how it actually look looks like on page. Like Dave Mazzucchelli, you know, you want to see his art uh, in in that format and whatnot. So mm. um, it's it's a great. I think it's a great format for that, especially like if you're only if you only want like say that certain storyline and you don't care for anything else. I think those are definitely worth it for for those types of collectors or readers. Yeah, and it's always especially interesting to me, considering they're genuinely priced the same as like an omnibus. So it's like an interesting um, sort of toss up in comparison for me between like an, an omnibus length of content, but like slightly oversized, or what something akin to like an oversized hardcover, but just even bigger than an omnibus, but for like but they're both like roughly the same size and it's like only a couple of inches of difference in in like the the height and whatnot and the cool thing about it is like you can put it on your shelf too for different ways like you have the slip case and then uh, yeah. you have the uh actual hardcover spine and how people decide to do that i i think is 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 pretty cool now i don't have that opportunity because again i only have the one but like say if you have a whole bunch of other absolutes it's like how do you even like decide which one to put out because i mean they're they're well they're well made i'll I'll give dc credit on this and i think this is one thing that they they have over marvel as far as designs go for their their spines and trades and whatnot marvel has the pretty much standard white and black spines with the logo and some of the names on the side which is like in technicality i'll find in dandy but you look at all of DC's ones, and they're all more intricately made. Like, you have a bunch of different colors. I have uh, some of my Tom King Deluxe editions. I'm looking at them right now. I got Mr. Miracle, Omega Men, and, and Sheriff of Babylon sitting on my shelf. And you look at the Mr. Miracle one, it's green and, and purple, and, and there's color there, and there's a mix of... Of all those elements for the Omega Men, you have like this 
faded orange with the red and, and purple stains sort of going along in the spine background. And you have Sheriff of Babylon, which has a reddish, tannish background with yellow font. I And I, I prefer to have creativity on that aspect instead of just making it all uniform. And so it's also why I like the X-Book, X-Books, uh, Hickman era Xbooks trading like trade designs on on the spines because at least there's color there you know everything's color code and I I just like color and maybe that's that's just me but that's how I prefer it yeah those are always entertaining to look at when you see someone who has like all the different oversized hard covers and trades and it's like a rainbow of color and yeah that as as someone that's sort of got into omnibus over the past couple of years it's always fun seeing that a difference between the Marvel and DC ones, as you mentioned, where like Marvel have that consistent like Marvel omnibus logo at the top, yeah. whereas DCs are yep. a lot more like wide ranging in terms of their like designs and yeah, it's interesting like you say, seeing like the difference between the consistency and the variety and and even saying that, of course, like Marvel's omnibus ones aren't even consistent always. No, so, they're not. <laughs> it's always... I th- I think we we found out uh, you've been in our our Discord server for the past couple of weeks and just seeing. Yeah, like sometimes how, like Marvel will change. Well, not only are they with the delays, we can talk about that later because I, I think there's heat of contention there for those types of things. But um, just just like them changing covers or trade dresses or stuff last minute without letting the customer know about it until it's oh, too yeah. late. It's just. I mean, that's part of the buggy thing, too. Like, say you, you think you get a cover... Like, for Venom, the Venomnibus by Cates and Stegman, which I'm planning on purchasing in about two weeks, they changed the covers for those last minute, like, a month ago. So, and, and I think, man, when did that come out for pre-order? Because that was that was a, a book that has been up for order for a long time, but just gotten pushed back because Marvel... This book came out. I have the the previews order code. This this was solicited back early in January of this year. Oh, and, yeah. Right. You have people who are they may be paying seventy five to one hundred twenty five dollars for pre order, and then once you came come out, you get a different cover than the one that was originally solicited. And it's like, I mean, at what point do you at what point do you tell yourself I gotta you know stop doing this or pre ordering this or or this or that. It's just not. I th- I just don't think it's it's fair for for the consumer to get a cover, and and then later it comes out. Oh, you got something different. Like that happened for me when I when I ordered my copy of uh, the New Marauders by Steve Orlando, uh, who I'm gonna have on for my next pod uh, here in in December. Um, oh, cool. He uh, I ordered Marauders number one. It was a Dodderman variant, mm. and. A month later, Scotty Young was officially changed, but because we don't get notifications on stuff like this, I didn't know until you know, I got the I got the cover and I saw, oh, wait, this isn't Dodderman, this is Scotty Young. And no offense to Scotty Young, I love his chibi art, but that's not the one I ordered. I thought oh, I was going to get a Russell Dodderman variant. So, you know, I mean, I still put my whatever four ninety nine in to to get the book, but it's stuff like that where I think Marvel could be fairer. Uh, to the uh, consumer and whatnot, so stuff like that covers <laughs> the bait of our existence. I mean, yeah, because like I love 
both of them, but they're very different art art styles and artists. Mm-hmm. I I remember the same um thing, omnibus wise, happening with the Young Avengers, mm-hmm. omnibus where everyone was also confusion about like what the covers for that were going to be, and I, I feel like it's been sort of like a few times recently where Omar from their condition on YouTube has had to like clarify like covers and just sort of various odds and ends to do Marvel on the bus. There were like at least f- three or four cover changes for both the standard and the uh, direct market variant. Now I eventually ended up getting the d- direct market variant with Iron Patriot. Not Iron pa- Patriot on the front. Man, I'm getting, see, I'm getting all my characters mixed up. I'm a fake Young Avengers fan. Um, <laughs> and, but I don't believe that was the original direct market solicit. There was a cool day. No crusade cover that never got put out and i would have loved to have that one it yeah wasn't there. i think what happened i think what happened was that what ended up becoming the direct market cover was originally the main cover mm-hmm. and then there was like a as you said like another children's crusade cover that that was originally solicited as the dm cover which just didn't end up being an option at all and then i think yeah. it was the cover to issue one that's now the main cover on the... you're correct you're correct so yeah yeah, it can definitely be a bit of a mess sometimes, which, it, yeah. It is. It. I, I think the... Um, so So another thing that I also I also do for free time is graphics design. By that, mm. I mean creating logos, yeah. thumbnails. I mean, I have my own YouTube channel, so, you know, there's that. But, like, mm-hmm. the the thing with this as well, I'm I'm learning... I'm still learning how to do it, and I haven't actually published or made my first one yet. Uh, but I want to do trade designs trade dresses spine designs and all that book dust jackets that's a word i'm looking for i'm working on those because i really want to if some if you know say something is or something i want is like completely changed or distorted or different from the one that marvel put out before i'll be able to make myself something that i prefer now it's going to be expensive to print them out, but I, I, I'm, I'm working on that. That being said, unfortunately, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a thing everyone can do. And so if you get stuck with a cover that you don't end up liking or don't end up buying, again, it's a, it's, there's, there's, there's stuff like that where it's, it's minor, because I, at the end of the day, we're there to read the books... <laughs> Like that's the most important part, um, yeah, like because you know we want these things in in oversized and we prefer that format. I think that's the most important thing. Like just like at, at the end of the day, we're we're all readers or try to be anyways. I try to be anyways, um, and the the key is to <laughs> actually read what's inside of the material. Like the covers a cover, it doesn't change what's inside unless marvel misprints something or dc misprints something or anything of that sort so yeah exactly i think that's part of the whole issue with it like at the end of the day as you say they, they are there to be read and bought to be read and but of course like if something is like advertised as one thing and it ends up being changed or and and, and some people are sort of caught out or like don't realize or aren't like sufficiently like notified is that it's understandable how that can be some sort of lots of like frustration there. So I I have been like really um amazed by some of the dust jacket signs I've sort of seen already, like in, in the comic release of Discord since I joined. So 
Twenty One Roy is a pretty fantastic designer, man. He is like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always something that impresses me because I yeah I I sort of find that quite satisfying sometimes. The whole idea of like just like designing things and so, it, so it's always cool to me the people that can like really like do it and take something cool with it. I think I think the cool thing about when you when you actually get to the nitty down and. I'm going to create a dust jacket for myself to look for this book. Like, you get the choice for whichever cover you want. Uh, you get the choice for what you want in the back. Like, let's just say if we want a dust jacket of just, like, a cover. And, like, you could you just, you know, lazily put a, a logo on the side. Like, a, the character in the middle. And then, like, Volume 1 or Omni or whatever. I mean, that's... That, at the end of the day, is... Like that's really all the dust jackets for. Like you just you just need to know that it's this book, and if I pull it out of my shelf, that's the book I'm gonna read. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm always just amazed by how cool I think our creative minds can be when we're put in the right situation. I mean, there again, like everyone who creates these different things. If you if you talk with yeah, if you talk with Tom Mueller over at the X office mm, yeah. doesn't really work as much there anymore. Or if you talk with uh, anyone else who actually goes in and does these things, they they have their own subset. They have you know they know their dimensions. They know the ins and outs of how these things are are created. It's it's uh it's always fascinating to to see something cool or offshoot or off brand like that. Like for example, I have all of the most of if not all of the X Men uh, books that have come out since 2019. Like I have. The I have all I mean I have all the Hickman stuff. Uh, if you've followed my profile for the last three and a half years, I've been on League of Comic Geeks. It's pretty much all I've been doing, with like the exception of I guess stuff post uh, Inferno by Hickman. Um, I, but I have all of the trades there, have all the hardcovers, and they are all, in my opinion, anyways, uh, wonderfully designed and and color coded and just distinct. I think that's that's one thing I just prefer to have is like distinction from uh the previous set like what makes this book different from from the rest like if you again like if you if i'm looking at like all my batman omnis you know on my shelf like i have grant morrison's uh, i have the no no man's land omnis i have ten titans detective comics which is for whatever reason a batman omni even though he will have a a batman omni i think at some point down the line or later um of his actual batman run like they're all they're all different they're all different they're they all have but the, you know what the aesthetic is you know what the vibe is with all those books and they have designs they have dust jackets that appropriately brand them as whatever that title might be and i i think that's again that's the most important thing whenever you make a dust jacket or whenever you do this or that it's it's i think that's that's the most important thing just like the the distinction and is it aesthetically pleasing? Mm, definitely. I was looking through some of the comics I read this month, um, my product on League of Comic Geeks, and first of all, I was sort of just focusing on some of the incredible designs and logos that you've got here. It's really interesting looking at the designs and the, again, the variety of them. I think it's something that unfortunately, like lettering or um, things like colouring lettering that maybe people sort of unfortunately overlook sometimes. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you sort of stop and focus and just look at the logos of, say, like the comics you're reading and how like different they are from each other in terms of and how they 
bit with the cover, like say like minor threats. Yep. Dark horse, that's been really fun. Mm-hmm. I love that's how they've awesome. utilized yeah, that some more like retro trade dress with the corner box and everything and sort of like the really like vibrant like um it really sort of like pops out at you the artwork and the logo and things and then you've sort of got it's always interesting on the um of course like the DC and Marvel books like a very consistent trade dress and then you have things like with like the image books and where it sort of very depends on who's creating them like the more minimal style and it's just it's always really interesting and fun me to see um and one that sort of especially stood out which i wanted to mention that i got reminded of is have you been reading the human target from dc king smallwood you know what's funny cows i i have a lot of opinions on tom king's work but man i Mm. like i've mentioned like i mentioned earlier i have i've pretty much read everything the guys the guys also done it might it might be because his Batman run was the first run I pulled in singles, but I will check it out sooner or later because that's just the type of person I am. Smallwood is killing it on that book, man. Like that, like you read his his stuff in um, Moon Knight with uh, Jeff Lemire. Oh Lemire. yeah, I need to read that. You do need to read that, and uh, or even uh, like a Punisher with um, with uh, Matt Rosenberg or any of those those books. His stuff is always 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 tremendous and it's just hard to not not vibe with anything he's doing and i think he's doing he's he's doing a fantastic job on on that book so kudos to him man <laughs> mm, yeah because he's not only been doing the covers for like obviously the whole series mm-hmm. but on every single one there's like a new logo it's like yep it's differently designed like fit with the cover and the style and that the whole like aesthetic and of course because it's a um black label book you don't have to worry about like the barcode or like the standard DC trade dress or anything so it's literally just there's some of the most sort of like unique covers and styles and logos that I've I've seen like in a while it's really really something cool to see just to like especially on the comic geeks when you can see like all 12 covers in just like three neat rows of four yes, just it's really cool it's it's, it's been interesting yeah. something worth something worth at least to try i would say absolutely i i love that shout out to jordan for again making a cool site i guess this is the this is a pro pro jordan blanco podcast <laughs> um but i i mean just to see yeah just to see all of them there i mean it's it's been incredible like i'm I'm also unabashedly a guy who also collects art trim covers. So, like, we, on top of, I guess, like, the the 12 issues of that series, I also have his Fire and Ice variants at the top of my oh, bookshelf. Yeah. Or short show, you know, showcase, because, I mean, I love that duo so much. You know, it's, it's, it's just cool to have, yeah, someone like that or whoever is running the trade dress department to slap on and say, we're going to do something cool and, and different. Uh, than we've been doing for the last x amount of months so yeah i I, again it's it's a it's a credit to to dc i I mean seriously like everyone i think who does these different types of graphics design whatever that might look like if it's if you're designing the, the if you're doing the lettering if you're doing the text bubbles 
if you were putting the creators of the names on the top, on the side, or mm. the bottom of a book. Like, there's there's so many different moving parts that I, I don't think people recognize or realize enough because we're all just you know it's it's not it's not an, aff an affront to the script or the pencils or the inkers or the colorists or the finishers or whoever else is on that book it's just i always appreciate those guys because it, i mean there is a lot of time put into work whenever someone designs a comic book whatever that comic book might look like mm. it's always wild to me to think about like you look at something that looks fully formed and i always think some someone or like a team of people like make that from scratch like from nothing practically which is just it sounds um i don't know like wild to think about like because i think sometimes you do take certain things for granted but yeah it's like literally you just don't look at any cover and like they they had to make that from scratch with like the artwork and all, everything that mm -hmm. went into that with again like you say the inks and the colors and then like the trade dress and the logos and like, like the lettering of that like, the creator credits and then not even mentioning everything inside the actual comics so yep. yeah yeah so i think that's why like letterers are the unsung heroes of the industry mm. because they all have to put in the actual bubbles and text of words that yeah yeah the script and it's 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 like my my podcast co-host dylan says when when a letterer does a good job no one notices but when they do mm. bad jobs everyone notices it's like it's one of those types of jobs which is unfortunate and it's it's like i'm you know i'm reading you read any of joker war there are a bunch of spread pages in there with a sound effect in the middle or a sound effect on the side. Clayton yeah. Cowles is one of my faves. L love that guy. I'm pretty much everything he does. You read Wictiv. I mean, he's, he's on a lot of top shelf books for that reason, obviously. Uh, but he does really, really good sound effects. And, he, it, it, and his letters are never non-intrusive. The fonts always work. It's, it's things like that where... You you look at the finer details, you you tend to tend to notice those more, and I mean it's it's obviously we're diff living in a different age where you know you don't have to handwrite the letters from scratch because I can only imagine then how guys like yeah. John Workman and Artie Simek, uh, or you know back in the Silver Age, Bronze Age, whatever it might be, uh, have to <laughs> make sure the letters are all uniform and and look good. And when I like with all the text boxes too, like back in the day, so I mean, it, like shout out to them because they 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 don't get enough recognition or respect from anyone, and it's it's a shame because like those guys put in hard work to to put in the to put in the words that we all read <laughs> when we read these comic books. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes, I always appreciate when I see like Jason Cowles, um, credited in the book or. Um, other letters, letters to mention, like a ditch by the car and that's mm how again, I pronounce those right things. Books like, um, what's the farthest place from here? Hassan and Department mm -hmm. of Truth with by the car. Yep, it's just and and you always sort of see, um, and what design come up everywhere. Like, looking at say, like something like something as kind of children, there's 
so many great letterers out there that deserve more recognition. I agree. Oh, and Russ Wooten as well, do a powerbomb. That's been fantastic. I'm so excited to see how that concludes next month. Well, this month, technically, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, next month, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, have, you, have you been reading that? Ah, man. I want to. It's it's something that's, <laughs> that's on my list. But because you mentioned Bidikar... Mm, yeah. Uh, this is a quick shout-out to my friend Steve Fox, who I still need to reach out. I haven't reached out to him in a while, but uh, he is the editor for Department of Truth. He's also the writer for... Oh, uh, yes. ...for House of X 92... Uh, and uh, the too soon to be X Men annual number one featuring Firestar this month, so be on the lookout for that, guys. I mentioned I mentioned Bitacar because he also lettered uh, Swampy. He also lettered the Swampy six eighteen, and I you know what? I keep losing track of how many issues are on these things. These the sixteen issue run of of Swampy with uh, Rom V. Also, pretty much has been killing it on every single uh, book that that he's been on, and I've been enjoying all the stuff that he's been doing as well. Um, my podcast co-host is a huge Carnage fan, so I've been reading Carnage for him in the in the times like he couldn't because he's trade waiting uh, Carnage. Uh, but as someone who isn't really big into symbiotes unless there's like a big name on it like i've mentioned i i will you know I, i'll check it out at least and he's been doing great stuff there but also detective comics is in my top 3 somewhere <laughs> for for books because that has as a as a person who also plays piano and music and has studied music theory uh yeah I have been nothing but loving his detective comics run since he got on on 1062. And I actually am planning to read the annual sometime later today when I have time. But the the gothic aesthetic that he's given the looks of Gotham for this arc has just been absolutely tremendous. And, and on top of that, you have uh, Rafa Albuquerque, a color by Dave Stewart, who are also doing a pretty uh, tremendous job, and Ivan Reyes, who I've also been oh, yeah. uh, non-committedly following because Jeff Johns' <laughs> Lantern was one of my first first books when I was when I was a kid. I was like, oh, yeah. I was seven years old uh, mm. when I when I read uh, some of Jeff Johns' Green Lantern run. Um, it's uh, it's it's super hard to not compliment what V and and the crew are doing there on on Detective. Yeah, I consistently hear so many good things about um, Ramby's work. I I read the first issues of his Carnage and Swamp Thing and Detective, actually, um, all, all three of those, but I really need to catch up. I only heard fantastic things about the Swamp Thing, and I mean, the artwork by um, Mike Perkins and Mike Spicer just, just looked incredible, and mm-hmm. I I thought it was cool when I saw that, I think it was the artist on Supermassive, Francesco Manon, was doing Carnage. Mm-hmm. So when I checked, so that was cool. That was like a, oh, is that the guy now? That was fun. So I had to catch up on that as well. Yeah. But my, my podcast co-host, Dylan, also, and uh, Riley, my friend Riley from League of Comic Geek, shout out to you, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, I mean, they've, they've been digging all of the uh, Massive-verse Mm. Uh, title since Radiant Black number one has come out, and 
it's cool to see Higgins sort of do his. I, I hate I hate stereotyping this like his his Power Rangers, but something that like he can actually own and say this is his. You know, instead of pre-established characters, it's cool to see him. I mean, all of his friends too, like you know, Ram Parrot, um, and and those guys all doing cool stuff to create this this these titles over at, at Image. Um, good for them, man. Good for them. I'm I'm super super stoked for. Well, I'll be hopefully I'll be able to read it someday. I need I need a hardcover of, of Radium Black to kickstart me. Mm, yeah. Just shout out to that whole sort of team and everyone involved in general and the Radium Black podcast and that whole community is such a great fun community there. I really need to join that pod that, that Discord as well. Like there's there's so many Discord mm, yes. servers that like sound so cool, but I just don't have the the stupid time in my life to to figure out when I'll be able to do something. I mean that that's the that's the whole problem with it all. I mean again, as you know, I, I sort of want to talk about this as well. Doing solicitations every every single month, like a week, two weeks, whenever we get the uh, the previews in from all of our publishers that we get, is super. It's 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 taxing on time, at least for Marvel and DC. Uh, for the smaller indie publishers, they take a little less time to do. But when you, when I, when I do those solicitations, I actually put my, you know, put the, the effort into, do this and this and this and this and that. It's like every single title down the line. Sometimes, an event will come, and I kid you not, like one month it was all AXE Judgment Day tie-in, AXE Judgment Day tie-in, AXE Judgment Day tie-in. Oh yeah, uh, right, you know, it's stuff like that where it's like, man, they like these keep growing along. Um, it's, uh, I mean, they're fun to do because it's, it's just cool to see all the, the solicitations before they're, they're released out to the online public. That being said, sometimes you just don't want to do them and that's okay, but it's, it's cool to do those, those things as well. And whenever I've had, I have time, I'll, I'll promise, I guess, all my followers on League of Comic Geeks that I, I will post them on, on my profile, uh, for December's go around. Mm. Yeah, and so maybe still transition a bit over to that sort of subject. When did you first sort of start getting involved with comic releases and the whole comic solicitations game, I guess? You know what's funny? I, I got an invite from my friend uh, Soaz to join the server. Uh, the, it was an omnibus collecting server. Webhead, who runs the site, uh, I, I reached out to him. We, you know, we just started talking about stuff. Like he was super easy to connect with. Super nice guy as well. Um, he hasn't sat down and read a comic book since, like that's been published since 2016. Like he's read stuff before then, but stuff after. Like he's got a whole family now and he's super busy. Uh, but my point is, we've just we just connected. I don't know how. I don't know if it was sort of like our personalities being the the same. Or if it was just comics and and talking talking about comics in like general and whatnot, it was it was like we we sparked a connection. Lo and behold, you know, I asked him, "Hey, do you need you know help on running?" Because it was just him running the site. Like I asked him, maybe, you know, do you need help running the site?" And I told him I could do the solicits, I could do these different things, and yeah, he, he told me, "Yeah, you know, any." Any hand lended is uh, was appreciated, and that's when I just started doing them. 
And yes, as of uh, summer of last year, I've been working with him on the site for one and a half years now. So to be able to to get information and to let people know about when certain things are coming out is, uh, I think, a pretty cool thing we've we've done and allow people to to run through. Uh, because at the end of the day, I think helping people out with information, especially in such a murky area like comics, where like again you appreciate sites like Comic Geeks more because it's organized. Uh, it's it's something that I think we've been able to to do to help and and uh, let people know about certain idealized collections, whatever that might look like. Yeah, I do think it's invaluable for places like uh, comics releases and Nigga Comic Geeks for providing all that information in a very like concise place because even um some like the comic solicitation websites where, they, where how they're presented even even though like if all the information is there but it's not the best mm-hmm. way that it's presented if it's very confusing or i remember or i always remember when the, the the host of the comics collective podcast one of the co-hosts dallas who um or, or as always, the co-host on the What's Next podcast with even mm-hmm. from Comics Twitter, and they always shout out Comics releases when they go through the each month's comics because we appreciate that. <laughs> that's always fun to like. It's like, yeah, I know those guys. I know those. You do, I know that yeah. website. You have my. You have my DMs, and I appreciate you. You know, being a friend and reaching out. It's. I'll tell you this, man. It's. It's always it's always heartwarming to see your work recognized, whatever that might look like, um, because like you you get that tingling notion of like whenever you do something of altruistic nature, or if you're just a diligent person and you're you're doing the work and you're doing what needs to be done, um, the fact that people are outside recognizing, hey, like we have you know this this website where we're able to release all of this information out to the public uh is is pretty it's pretty cool it's it's cool to see uh people sort of um tapping and reaching out to hey we you know this this is there's we have used this one site where you know if i need to know when a hardcover's coming out i can go there and i mean we, we have we have epics and complete collections on there as well um we don't put all the trade paperbacks in there because there's I think there's way too many of those to keep track of. Although we do have, I guess, the bots materialized to make sure they get tracked. But our point is, like, we just want people to know um, if you are a an oversized hardcover buyer, omnibus buyer, absolute library edition, magazine size, black label, whatever that might look like. We have all of that information stored in there for you with the correct release dates for everything. Mm. Um, there's not one date on our site that is wrong. Um, which is insane to say, but that's 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 just the deal of how it works. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that we're also getting uh, retailer information too. You know, I think uh, we we we've I know that someone on League of Comic Geeks mentioned that the Descender uh, hardcovers were you know were they going back in print, and I confirmed through our contact at Image, which. Is is not me. I'll say that we had we have a contact image. You know they were supposed to come out earlier this week, but I've looked it up on Diamond. It says there will be a slight delay. Uh, but you know it's it's stuff like that where we get to like again like I just want people to be as informed as possible 
whenever they're making a purchase. So it's not just blind buying this, this, or that. You know, they, you you want to be, you want to know your thing when before you uh, do whatever that uh, deed or option, whatever that might look like. Um, you know, it's like for me, it's it's you know who's drawing the cut. It's not just who's drawing the cover, so who's, who's doing this, this, or that. It's you know, do you like we? You know, people here are spending tens and hundreds of dollars on these, or, yeah, or exactly. I guess in your, in your case, pounds. <laughs> Um, or I guess if you live in Europe, euros, uh, mm. they're spending a lot of money on this. This is not a cheap hobby. Um, but we, we, we just want to let people know that, uh, there is one site where you can go to, uh, that, that does have literally every single tad bit of information on there. I mean, we all, again, we also have this listed. So if you need to scroll through to see what's coming out on that certain month or is supposedly going to come out that certain month because dates always infrequently change um we we have it all there yeah and it's something i've been using more and more recently when of course there, yeah because there, there are some books that even if it's like they get delayed or the dates are inaccurate and like like they weren't necessarily like delayed as such but you're just looking at the wrong date so it mm -hmm. confuses everything and especially when like um i remember that there was there was a couple of cases recently where like even omar again from them in condition on youtube got his advance copy of the omnibus and then it was then delayed like the silver surfer um mm -hmm. slot and all red reprint and yep. i think that's like march now or something isn't it it is yeah, it now, is a it's originally gonna be Yep, it's coming mm. out on March seventh, eighth, seventh, eighth. I guess whenever you get your hardcovers in or whatever. But yeah, I, like mm -hmm. you also got the uh, Spider vs. Spider get an Omni that I've also been yeah. trying to get, and that was also, that was, like that was also pushed back. And it's it's like man, like to February, like February twenty first, twenty second. If I mind serves me right, it's it's a mess. You know, it's but. Uh, Again, we're we're happy to have it there. We're also happy to let people know about you know, their their books, uh, whenever those are coming out or or whatnot. Like, if you, I don't, man, I'm trying to uh, sponsor or promote our site in the right. Hold on, how do I describe this? So, if you are a patron, if you don't, I think it's two dollars, two dollars a month, which isn't much. It helps us pay the server that we're hosting the site on. If you pay $2 a month, uh, we do give you cooler stuff in there. We, we do have for a, a one of them is a watch list where you can mm -hmm. drop down and say you have, you know, if you're looking to get certain, actual certain books from certain different publishers, um, we are happy to let you know that you can click, click, you know, add to watch list. You have your own watch list. You can keep going there, and it'll be your books. You can see all your dates on it, so you don't have to filter through the collected editions, because I know that sometimes that, that might be a pain in the butt, because, again, we do have <laughs> all of the hardcovers on there from everyone uh, coming out. But um, that's that's just something that if you guys are, like, if you guys are listening to this and you're, you're trying to figure out how to best support us, I mean, if you if you just look at the site and run through, I mean, we're happy you're doing that because like if if we get more traffic, it spreads the word out, gets more people to look at the site, and and whatnot. But I mean, super super helpful if you guys also, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, we we don't mind a donation. And again, like 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 I said, you you do get cooler access to stuff that not everyone who's looking through will get. So that's that's part of the whole dealio there. Yeah, I mean, that's good to know. It's good to know that there's a way that I mean, people can support you. And I, I feel like this, in some ways, ties into the artist interview I had a couple of weeks ago. Um, by the time this is published, where we're still talking about the importance of, um, like, like validating, giving praise to, so it's some of your favorite people in the light, like, like letting them know you appreciate them, and because like even like, like as you say, like the smallest thing can just um really make people's days, whether that's literally just like looking through the website or if people have the opportunity to support you, yeah, with, with that money, then help you continue running the amazing site, then that's always really cool to see. Lots of different ways to support. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, again, we're, we're, I know me, I know Webhead and I are, are super blessed to have been able to keep the site running as long as long as possible and just to let, you know, people know that they have, again, they, they have somewhere where they can access all of their uh, material, uh, I mean, either for free, or if they, you know, if they want to submit a couple of dollars in, I mean, that's that's all good and dandy too. It's again, it's it's a hobby that we all love and we all appreciate. And yeah, at the end of the day, again, like we're like I said, we're all readers. We all collect the stuff, and if if we can help someone's day out by just letting them know that something got uh, got solicited or pushed back or something else of that sort, I mean, I'm happy. Um, I think the the coolest thing that um, I, I think I've been able to to run with on not only this but also League of Comic Geeks. I hate announcing delays because often people will shoot the messenger for absolutely mm. no reason. But that being said, I I do think it's also super important to let people know that if a book isn't coming out on that date, to like like it's either you're disappointed at that moment or you're disappointed. And when the like so the issue comes out, it's not there. Uh, two things recently got delayed from from DC for their singles. Justice Society of America number two got pushed back from I believe December seventeenth to January the tenth. So if you are reading that run, yeah, I got pushed back. And uh, Doc Shaner and Josie Campbell's new Champion of Shazam got pushed again from the sixth, or for, it was supposed to be out next week, I believe. But now that's all the way pushed back to the 10th or the 17th, 10th of January, uh, 17th, my bad. Okay, so my point is, that's one thing where I've been sort of able to help out both sites is the release date changes because whether we like it or not, delays happen. The reason for it might be skewed. It might be like in the case of Shazam, Shaner takes a long time to draw. I love his art, but it takes a, he takes a long time. I don't know about the Justice Society of America number two pushback, but I mean stuff like stuff like that happens, you know. And it's I think again it's better for the person to have all of this information out as soon as possible instead of them being disappointed when the date does come and they look on League of Comic Geeks. And they're like, oh, wait. and then they ask, oh, is this issue out? And then everyone says, oh, the issue's not out. I've you know, so it's it's a weird way of satisfaction. But to be able to let 
to to help people out in in that sense it's it's uh i mean i i think it's helpful it's it's better to know than to be in the dark and then find out oh this isn't supposed to come out on on that date yeah exactly it's it's always useful when you have people um updating the dates on the comic games and keeping them all up to date because as you say it's slightly disappointing when you notice but of course there's nothing that any of us can really do about it so yeah it's better to know and with uh, jsa i know i don't know what john's workload is like nowadays but i know his doomsday clock and shazam series both sort of suffered and made mm-hmm. delays at times so it's i don't know something to think about maybe right it's i mean i mean those from i he i actually had the opportunity to ask jeff johns about that uh those delays on a mm-hmm. dc universe infinite um or then dc universe uh ama thread and my friend or then friend i haven't talked to him in such a long time um got to and got his question answered first and i was super mad because i'm like man he answered me second and you got first um, but he mentioned to me that he was super busy running the Stargirl TV show and uh, yeah. doing, doing mad productions. So it was, it was a combination of, yeah, just, yeah, it was just time. He could not find time to write scripts. And I think at this point I wouldn't be, I guess, opposed if Jeff had a co-writer to either steer the plot along or write the script or whatever that might look like. Um, I actually think a lot of Jeff Johns is, even though like he's he's one of my favorite writers, and it's solely for the purpose of he was my first as a like I, like I mentioned earlier as a uh, teenager, uh, not teenager as a, as a seven year old eight year old kid. I went to the I I am originally from the Philippines. I'm Filipino, um, and my uncle gave me his uh beat up trade of Sinestro Core War along with a Green Lantern. And I that's when I fell in love with Green Lantern. I was like, man, it's just cool to be able to will yourself uh to believe in yourself and to overcome uh whatever fears uh you guys might have. Um that and that's and that's partly the reason to why I will always check out something because I think we we all sort of owe it to Jeff for for I call him the DC plumber. He, if you need a franchise that needs revitalization or a kickstart, you go to him. Uh, he did it with, with Green Lantern, um, JSA. Uh, once he got on that uh, with David S. Goyer co-writing, taking over the reins from James Robinson. Um, that you know, that's I mean, that's my that's probably my favorite DC run of all time. Like that and Starman, I think for me are, are two of my faves. And I'm saying a lot of favorites, but I mean that's that's not a bad thing, right? Um, uh, you have uh, if you've read, you need to, you know, at some point, I think you need to read Jeff Johns and and Dan Jurgen's Booster Gold twelve issue series. Yeah, there's you know, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if Jeff had a co writer along uh, to help steer clear of delays. Uh, I know that I changed the dates. Uh, for the flash po- this is you know what this is something that i think i have over rich johnson because i changed the dates like a day before it got announced huh. uh, the flash like the some of the flashpoint beyond issues had gotten oh, delayed yeah. and i was like i already changed the dates a day and a half ago man you, you're the one who needs to keep up so 
if there's any leg I think I have on on that, it's that I I have this <laughs> under lock. But uh, I mean that that series came out in a in a decently and reasonably fashionable time. You know, it wasn't like anything hard hit like Doomsday Clock or Shazam. No, or, you know. Um, but he had two co-writers on it. He had um that that guy from Young Justice and the other guy. See, I, I'm terrible with, um, you know. So it's it's uh, I think I think he could be helped along with those. But again, you know, I guess my main two points are I really like Jeff Johns, and uh, I'm the super. I'm weirdly happy that I'm letting people down by letting know that letting them know their books are delayed before they ask questions on where the books are. So there's that. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, as you're saying about the co-writer, I think on Flashpoint Beyond, he had... Um, Was it Tim it Sheridan? Been, yeah, it might just been, trying to remember, it might just been the, the... I know, it was definitely on the Zero issue, or it might been the whole thing. They had people like um, Tim Sheridan and Jeremy Adams, and I thought there was, I don't know, it might just be... Yeah, those are those two, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think that actually got... Um, moved up like it was going to be monthly and it ended up being like what like um they came out like sooner and faster closer together than that yep which is interesting There's nothing wrong with that yeah it's it's yeah again, exactly again i'm just i am just happy and i'm just so happy like i, I beat rich johnston at his own game but i keep beating him too you know that's be a great feeling it is a great feeling i'll say that it's i i think Maybe at some point in the future, um, I'll, I'll talk with I'll talk with Webhead more about this. Maybe because I have a I have a friend who knows how to create applications and of that sort. Maybe one point, comic releases will get its own app. I don't know if it'll be paid or not, but uh, maybe we'll do that That'd sometime in the future. You know, because like I I, I we have we have League of, we have League of Comic Geeks and comic releases both at the same time. I mean, like that's that's a double. Yeah, that's that's double heaven right there, you know. Um, so, I'll I'll see what I can do there and and uh, talk about that with with Webby more in the future. But uh, I mean, at the moment, you know, there's that's 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 the option uh, that that I've got. But yeah, I mean, comics are great. I can't I can't I don't think I've I've never had this many comics either. I mean, I'm looking at my shelf, there's still all these beautiful books that still need to be read, and a lot of them I already have read. But you know. I love this hobby. <laughs> yeah, same. I think it definitely sort of speaks to some of the, I want to say, like, talent and commitment and just the inspired ideas of some people in the, in the community where you find out it's always fun seeing some people on the League of Comic Geeks sort of talk about, like, the team behind the site or, like, the people or, or like, sort of, I like, obviously, they're, like, the moderators and things, but there's I think, and to be honest, I was one of those people, and I, I remember the, the time when I found out that it wasn't like a team of developers behind the site. It was literally just Jordan, as we mentioned earlier, yeah. and like comic releases where it's literally just you and Webhead, and, and when it's like there's literally just these like comic fans, Dave Master, mm-hmm. maintaining these websites, not for much reward apart from just sort of the, the gratification and the um the word like validation and. Um, affirmation that's it the work like from the community uh, about mm-hmm. people using these resources it's it's really cool to see always it is and I, I think this this one thing i love about like just like having the the autonomy and 
just just it being a partnership instead of a fixed corporation it's weird too because like mm. i'm taking business law and i'm learning about all of these different types of things you can open um yeah it's like yeah i'm i'm happy i'm you know i'm happy that you know we're not you know, we're not amazon like i'm you know it's not like symbiotic either it's i i think we we webhead and i uh, we 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 complement each other well um we hardly ever um disagree either and i i've also opened up doing a solicit show with him at some point but i mean there's there's just so many things i want to do it's like again committing the time committing to this and everything else of the sort it's 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 a lot of work put in but uh, i mean you know like you said it's 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 cool to see people um attribute and contribute something positive to to someone's work. I mean, if I can do that every day, if we can do that every day by just having this, the website up, I'm happy. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the only thing any of us can do to sort of put out our own sort of little, um, like small like thing of that gives like us happiness and someone else happiness, and yeah, that is all you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, before we start to wrap up i just wanted to go over quick fire some of the mm-hmm. series that i particularly enjoyed in november and just let me get your quick thoughts on absolutely so, first of all i know one of the most praised dc books nowadays is batman superman world's finest have mm-hmm. you been reading that i have been reading that it is the most refreshing book i think yeah. i've read this year like i read issue one and i was like where has this been all of like the past couple of years? Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Dan Moore was also also born to draw the DC universe. I think I can, uh, I think I can definitively say that like his art is tremendous and awesome. Yeah, I remember discovering um, Mara and Bonvenon on Once in the Future when I first started hearing about that and getting into indie comics, and I was like, this is this is phenomenal like i don't think i'd ever seen anything like it just in terms of like the animated star it's so vibrant and it's so good i i'm also convinced yeah i'm I'm convinced man that guy has to be able to draw 80 pages in 40 days um yeah because like he's working on that he's got the uh teenage mutant ninja turtles power rangers crossover at boom Mm. and all of the different variants he does for dc so that guy is a workhorse and and just to it's again i don't know if i'd put him in my top 20 but his art is super like like i said it's it's super super refreshing it's just good vibes all around and that's pretty much what you want from that book so Mm. good stuff do you read the there there was a new fantastic four number one that debuted in november did you manage to check that out i did manage to check that out uh we also cut we uh my podcast co-host Dylan and I cover that on New and Nerdum. We always try to give out new number ones or guess for people to oh, yeah. pick and check out. And um, I've, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm glad to say I, I did enjoy it, and I'm interested to see where North is heading along with his thing with Ben Grimm. So, kudos to you, Mister North, for hooking me on. Yeah, it's been, yeah, that that it was a really interesting fast issue. I'm. I was really excited to see um, Iban Clado on the artwork mm-hmm. because I remember first reading his work personally when he did the issues for the 
and funny thing of Venom Run, which about Donny Cates, that when Ryan Stegman was doing it, and right, it was the uh, the uh, absolute carnage times, right? If I, yeah, my, my yeah, record. it was like, yeah, I was doing that absolute carnage, and I think a bit later on and stuff towards King mm. Black and that, right? And, yep, and so because yeah, it's just it's so like fluid and mm. vibrant, and oh yeah, and he also did um, Dark Ages mm-hmm. recently. He did by Tom Taylor. That was fun. This is the one time I'm gonna say I hate I hate Logan. I hate Wolverine as a character. So getting to see him, you know, I'll just say this: read Dark Ages if you do not like Wolf. You know, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. My point is, you should read Dark Ages. I think that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a fun book. Mm, I agree. There were also some very quality. Uh, I think these are all image titles that I read in never, but I I read a lot of image. I I get the image. Well, I don't personally get them, but I the Wednesday Pool has a great mm-hmm. podcast. I read for their right. blog, yep. and so they always they get the image PDFs, and uh, I I haven't been reading as many because honestly, like the ones I really love and really want to keep up with and support, I can buy physically and. Yep. I've still been like weaning away from reading just to be where possible, but that, 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 that's like a whole other conversation. Yep, that's all right. <laughs> Next podcast I'm on, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the difference between like physical and digital, and and things like Kaya, West Craig, mm-hmm. and Peter Monsters Returned by Lemir and Justin Wynn. That's been really interesting. Uh, love, love everlasting. Well, again, another one by King. Tom yep. King, as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> and, He's everywhere. I, I I don't know if I want, I want to try pronouncing the artist's name, but it's like Chartier, or oh, that's probably wrong. But I you know what? I've but, got I've yeah. got a I've got a coworker. My manager is knowledgeable in like seventy different yeah. languages, and he said her name right. I don't remember how he said it but i was like how you we know who you're talking about <laughs> oh man but yeah i, I mean like that book it's got like matt hongsworth and colors and again creating cows mm. and letters as we sort of talked about earlier. so that's yeah, it's just like a really solid creating of being a really interesting team. absolutely and mm. um, lovesick number two that was also out in november mm. i first discovered the one of vco very slight tangent. Did you read Bolero from Image at the start of the year? I did. I did enjoy Bolero at the start of the year. That's the reason why I checked so, this out. Yeah, I was going to say, because I really enjoyed that, so I was really excited to see her solo work, and that, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And Vanished by Kate's and Stegman of that Venom one that we mentioned. J.P. Mayer, Sonia Umbach, Obeck, John J. Hill, lots of great people mm-hmm. working on that book. I enjoyed the first issue. Mm-hmm. But I've sort of started to lose interest over the last couple of issues. Have you? Yeah, I have been also reading that, and I think yeah. I'm, I'm on the same. You know what? I I will say this about Donnie. I I, mm. I I have an inkling as to why he hasn't been doing as much. I won't say it publicly. What I will say is that I hope I hope he finds a a nice piece like a good piece in his life because like it's i think it's clear like i read this i read the second and third issues i could tell 
he's struggling with something like you read it it's like there's there's a decent involvement about it like there, there, he's going through stuff you know um i wasn't as high i guess on the second and third issues as some other people might have been i think i'm on the same agreement mm. with you there but um yeah i, I hope he's well man because i i don't now i don't you know i don't know where thor is gonna go Although I, I I think I think Thor will be in good hands with Thor and Grombeck and Nick Klein's still on the book, so that's that's still gonna be uh good on that fence as well. But as far as Hulk goes, I don't know where they go after Otley's done with Hulk Planet. You know, that's Yeah. That's, um, I, I mean, yeah. What whatever it is, it's not people shouldn't like I'm I'm not saying I've still seen anybody that has really personally, but like it, it, just like in general, you just shouldn't sort of speculate generally. Just yeah. Hopefully, it just sort of works out privately. Everything, anything that's going on. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, so briefly going back to Kaya, have you ever read that or Deadly Class? I did. I, I read. Yeah, because I read the first hardcover of Deadly Class over the summer. I need to read like the other two and when the final one comes out i think in the next spring but i do have volumes one and three on my shelf i have yeah man it's weird because i am a sucker for those rick remender oh hard covers because they are like they are distinct and they are well made um i even have black science too shout out to um uh, the comic releases serve my friend uh milton for uh for getting me that at an amazing price that i don't even deserve i'll just keep it there um yeah i mean i i like i like that in the class a lot um and that's the reason to why i wanted to check out kaya and uh <laughs> i also thought that was that was decently done as well um Wes craig is a good artist i think you know um he is he's incredibly solid and uh and I hope I get to the end of Deadly Class. I, I hope uh, I hope I'll enjoy the uh, experience with the classroom as much as everyone else has on that book. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I remember like I, I was going to buy the Seven to Eternity hardcover anyway, mm-hmm. and then just one week I just sort of randomly joined one of the Neiman Conditions Omar Saturday streams, and it was right as someone was asking about that hardcover and how uh, like all like Remenda said it's like. Um, there's not like a whole lot of stock so if, like if you want it like you better like oh, like pre-order it and i was like oh okay okay like i was going to anyway but sort of really like made it a priority to because i didn't want to miss out yeah i think the thing with uh, like remender hardcovers the ones that are there they're usually gone mm-hmm. after and that i think that's the painful part um another shout out to my friend who i did meet in real life uh pk comic 411 Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, he reached out to me and see if I saw if I could order, you know, him, uh, you know, Tokyo Ghost hardcover. And I mean, I did. I put him down over for. But it's again like once they print those, it's it's hard to keep him keep him out or back in in print because I mean he's a celebrated writer. And I mean, I, my also understanding, like I think Kieran Gillen talked about this too, where like they can only print so much. Yes, through through each run, and it's like, well, once it's there, it's it's gone because you know, they have they have the budget, they have limits. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I'm just thankful I have all of those. Like I have Black Science on my shelf, got three Deadly Class, um, Low Death or Glory, and oh, Low, yeah, that's the other one, I mean, right? The... And not 
not Remender, but as some people might know, Hickman is one of my two favorite writers in the industry. Mm. Um, I have all of his East of West on my shelf. I actually have... Um, mm. Nice. It's my favorite indie, but I have um I have an extra copy that I'm planning on selling to the uh, comic releases uh, community. Um, at some point, I just need to find a date or way to ship it. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, I mean, hardcovers are, are hard to get, man. I mean, especially nowadays where people are trying, you know, I mean, for the last two two and a half years, people have been trying to find some solace of entertainment or trying to get into the hobby just as much as we are. I mean, the, the whole point of these are, like, if you can put everything into one compilation and just be good with that, I mean, why not just get that instead of uh, a trade paperback that I only collect one-tenth or one-fifth or one-third of the run, or even single issues where, like, now it's going to be harder to find. And, there, you know, that, that market has also gone up. So um, it's been interesting to see how many people have gotten into the hobby since uh, I've started uh reading singles back in like 2016 2017 uh but uh it's i mean I'm, again like all of the series that you've mentioned to me in like the past like 10 minutes i mean all of them are worth reading and it's 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 just the the nature and the volatility of how engaging comics can be it really is yeah for sure yeah that that was an interesting post about the diehard cover about the I think it really highlights something interesting about sort of the world of like image comics and indie comics. And mm-hmm. I know we mentioned, I think we still mentioned Matt Rosenberg um, briefly earlier, but I've been really enjoying What's the Furthest Place with her. It's a good book. That's another good book, too. Yeah, My entire boss. That's, yeah. such a, that's such a cool I book. I agree. I so, agree. So interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't know where there's a ver- those variant uh, covers with the CDs. Mm. I'm actually wondering how many people got those because I know that uh, some some comic shops who order them didn't get them in or other stuff yeah, might have been allocated differently. Like a nightmare. So, but yeah, I mean, right. So that's a book my podcast co-host has been enjoying his tail mm. off on. So um, they're doing they're doing a good job there. I think. I I remember. So Michael was still saying how like crazy that was, and I remember there was something I saw recently where I think someone had said something in in the comments of one of Rosenberg's posts about like like how like what a mess it was, and then he just sort of candidly replied as like yeah well imagine if you spent like so and so many amount of dollars to print them like. Like yeah, exactly. That's like how you would feel if someone was complaining. It's like yeah, I know it isn't like oh, I'm, I'm the one that had to pay for them. I just I feel like I felt the frustration in that moment. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's again the the feelings when you go through all this is just I mean, you just go up and down with it, right? I mean, just like everything else. But I think that's just why, again, like one of the other reasons to why we all love this hobby so much is because yeah, you, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to feel something when you toil through everything that you have to toil through, uh, whether it's processed. I mean, like, even speaking off of that on a slight tangent, like, my pod co-host Dylan said that, like, a comic creator once told him uh, at a con while he was still working with Top Cow that um, he's surprised the comics are are even made just because of how much you'll have to put into it. So whenever, um, you know, I'm doing a review or you're doing a review, I think everyone else pretty much, like, I, I think it's it's cool, like, kind of important to notice that, like, there are, like, at least 10 people who are putting some effort in to any of these books 
and I mean, they all, they all love our, this hobby just as much as we do, too. I mean, that's another important thing. I've talked with Riley about this as well, where, like, pretty much almost everyone in comics, um, I mean, they, they, love, they love creating this thing, these things, you know, for us every single day. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, if I can give, a, you know, some sparkling light or find something positive, I mean, that's more important to me than, uh, you know, being... I don't know, super judgmental, I guess, if that's the way you want to put it. But uh, I always try to keep that in mind whenever I review or assess these things. Mm, yeah. One of the last books to mention, a few more. Have you been reading Nightwing? Because it, it, it was a fun, interesting month for Tom Turner's Nightwing with Donya Dinakudo. Yep, the, the Seven Secrets artist. You yeah, know what's and... funny? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. On the on the nightlight issue, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. so a few different stories and artists on the yeah, annual yeah. where they revealed about Heartless, and that was a couple of interesting fun issues. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? Out of all the books yeah. you mentioned, this is the only one I'm not reading. But here's the thing. Ooh. I know everything that's happened in that book since issue <laughs> seventy like since year seventy seventy six. I know all the plot details. I know all yeah, it's of, one of the... those. I know that the the praises and the critics for that book as well. I know like the ins and outs of how this thing like has all been working, how many like what people are loving about it, what people are not liking about it. But I promise to myself I'm going to read it someday because Bruno Redondo is doing the art. And I like Bruno Redondo a lot. <laughs> um but yeah, like it's it's crazy because like I I can't judge the book obviously because I haven't read it and experienced it for myself but I know what happened in the first uh, first arc I know what happened in Fear State I know what's been going on with Blockbuster and with Barbara Gordon and now with Nightmite and and Heartless and it's like I don't know how to describe it like I I want to say things about it because I have opinions on I guess other people's opinions but at the same time I haven't experienced it so I can't definitively say this is how I feel on the certain subject uh, and that's that's my problem it's super weird that's the that's the world I'm living in with with that book yeah it's definitely one of those sort of it's I guess the way to sort of say it is it's been Generating a lot of discourse over the time that it's been going on. Yeah, I know. I um, know. speaking of books that have generated a lot of discourse, I'm one of the people that's really enjoyed Tim Drake, Robin. I have to say, I'm happy. You know, we need people like that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I I admit that in the first couple of issues, I do personally like his art style, but in in the first couple of issues, like I I liked it, but I'm not sure he would have been personally who I would have chosen. But saying that, in the third issue, I actually really thought that, um, I just say, he sort of like started to like neutralize his mm-hmm. um, like capabilities without sort of like saying too much. He was sort of like, like, like based on the cover to three that. Right. So like, like the first couple of issues were very sort of like. I mean, it's, it, there's like an interesting sort of mystical quality that it's unraveling, but sort of the first couple of issues in terms of art style were more sort of like typical superhero stuff. And I thought like issue three sort of started to showcase that sort of Rosmet flair that, that I mean, I personally love. And I know some people really enjoy things like Martian Manhunter. And yeah, yeah I, I know lots of people have been saying that 
I mean, because he did the artwork for Harley, and even that was more wild than Tim Drake. So, like, I understand it, but I, I know issue three sort of was interesting in that that hopefully it's sort of more it, it will become sort of more suited to its art style. Sort of the more it goes on, and and yeah, not even mentioning some of the writing, which again, I I don't know, I don't know, I think I I think it's adorable, and I think again, it's not going for everyone, but. I, right. I've been really liking and appreciating it. That's a that's a good thing. We I like it. Like one thing I've always appreciated about you, man, is that you always try to spin uh, the positive as as much as possible on every single book. I've, and to a bigger extent, like or a smaller extent for me and and Dylan, my pod co-host, we always are attempting to be as positive as possible when we talk about these books because, like. And it'll never happen, but say, like, you want to get Riley, you have a chance to get Riley Rossmo on your podcast. Mm. Like, like, wouldn't you want to, like, wouldn't you want to ask, like, someone who actually is in the comics industry or is producing a comic book on how they thread and create their, however, whatever they're doing, you know, it's, and it's, it's insane. Like, I, I, now I don't mind Rossmo on art. Like, I've, like, same with, if you were gonna stand down on this, like John Romita Jr. or oh yeah, um, or any of these other guys, they, there's always like one thing I love about his art because I have read Stephanie Phillips's. Uh, I was about to say Nightwing Harley Quinn. Um, I've been, which I've enjoyed a lot because I think she has a great voice for Harley, and uh, I think his art is perfect there because it's rambunctious and it fits with um, it fits with the story that she wants to tell, you know, and. I think at the end of the day, I think that's the one thing that's most important. You want an artist who is going to fit whatever the writer is writing. Like, for example, um, I don't know if I want, like, God bless him, but I don't know if I want Gary Frank drawing Scooby-Doo, you know? I mean, um, it would be interesting. It would be interesting. Right, it, it it would maybe look good. It might not fit well, but exactly that's the well, you know, yeah yeah exactly yeah. that's that's the whole thing, isn't it? Right. Um, I'm trying to think of another like, do I want do I want Pepe Larraz on Batman? I've been enjoying his obviously his stuff in the world of X since Hickman got on in 2019, but you know it, it's a it's all a, a different matter and fix of do they do they fit well with the aesthetic and setting that you're putting in? I think for Rosmo. It works on Tim Drake Robin, you know. I I, I think it's, it's quite cool. Sorry, it's not, that's that's all I have to say. Like, you know, it fits. I think I think the um, it feels quite cool for the um, smaller scale like detective feel of it. Like down in the marina, that's something that I ended up dropping back girls at the end of the most recent story up mm-hmm. just to make room for something else. To yep. sometimes you just got to, but. What I sort of appreciated about that book is that when they sort of had had it sort of situated in a like mm-hmm. unique location in Gotham, and it felt like it had a cool like um, identity in terms of like where it was, but also like the art style. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's quite cool to like. Um, it's not like most of it. Rossmo is drawing like main, not like normal Gotham that we're seeing all the time in Batman. It's like down the marina. It's a slightly different like feel and aesthetic, and it's. It's interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Was we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I agree. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, that's another thing too. Like, I, I think if you're not, unless you have like a good reason to, like, say if you like a character or this or that, um, 
read the books you enjoy the most and keep up with those. Like if you're not enjoying it as much as you think it, like there we have, we are blessed to have so many different comic books with different genres from every publisher. And there's always something for you. So if there's mm-hmm. something that you're not into, stop reading it. It's okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Like that's, that's, that's one thing I find crazy where like sometimes, again, not to call anyone out, Sometimes it'll be like two or three or one star views on this, this thing, and that'll be all that they're doing. And it's like, Ben, I've learned in the last two years uh, since COVID that I'm great. Like, don't take stuff for granted. There is, we only have this one life. And I think that one life that we have is to be used in a better, positive, helpful manner to people. If we keep using it to unleash a decent amount of negativity or, or this or that or just disputing it for absolutely no reason or without warrant then maybe it's time to move on to something else you know like if like let's just say i don't know um if someone isn't digging a batman book if they're giving all one stars or something like that or if they're not enjoying it there are like three hundred thousand different other batman books <laughs> at the moment to enjoy you know um there's stuff like that where it's finding ways to best exert our energy without sacrificing the passion or energy that we need to, you know, do, you know, enjoy whatever comic book it might be. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, seriously, like, if you're not digging anything from the big two, guess what we got? Like, there's cool stuff happening at Image, there's cool stuff happening at Boom, at Aftershock, um, at, uh, at Titan, and or like if you're into like European but like fanographics and humanoids, they make some nice hardcovers. They you guys should go check them out. You know, there's we're we're in an amazing. I think we're in a good part of the industry where yeah, you can if, like you can literally find something that you can enjoy. Comics are made to be enjoyed. I mean, for at the end of the day, like if you're reading a a superhero comic book, you want to see the good guy winning against the bad guy. Like it's not it's not overtly complicated. And I don't think people should make it more complicated than some like some others might try to make it out to be. Yeah, it's always entertaining. A very loose word, use of the word entertaining, but there was like a particular series. I mean, speaking of Megan Fitzmartin, when like, like Dark Crisis, Young Justice, that was like a monthly event, mm-hmm. and like every month there there was like a. It's always interesting. You see it on the league sometimes. If you, um, if you're sort of like active on there on like Newcomer Day or around that time, always, always, and you'll like I... notice it, like every so often there's like a particular issue that generates like a flurry of reviews, and it's like it's obviously fair enough to not like something, but it, yeah. it's when there's like no other history on the account and someone's just created it to like make it create a negative review. It's like I understand people being committed to characters they love, and I like I respect and appreciate that. But I mean, I well, like when I when I was first getting into um, single issues, like in twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. the next Spencer run started in the summer, and I got maybe like a dozen or so issues into that, and I just I, I was digging it, so I just like dropped in. Bit, I was just reading other things of almost that the rest of that run basically. And I mean yeah. I love Spidey. I mean like I know I mean like who doesn't love Spidey? I mean there's some people obviously don't, but you still like but that but if like if you're not into 
his solo title or or any of his books, then I mean, especially someone like him, where there's probably like five different other things you can read him. Yep, in, yep, but yep, yep. I, I, and and of course, like it, it feels worthy to say that obviously not every character has that luxury, but in terms of hopefully, I know, yeah, it, it can suck sometimes. It, it does hurt a bit sometimes when like your favorite character maybe isn't getting the love or comic you you think they should be getting and but yeah as you say there's just there's so much out there and it, it always comes back around mm-hmm. right. eventually i think hopefully you can that's all you can hope for you can just go go read go and discover like your new favorite thing while you wait exactly. for the next one to come around i think right, one like li- yep mm. go ahead like if you live um if you live in like the u.s like one group quick if you live in the u.s you can get Marvel Unlimited. You can get DC Universe Infinite. Go through the catalog of each of your character. Find the thing you like. Because let's say if you're, I hate using this example, but let's just say like you weren't enjoying Tom King's Batman run, and you're like, man, this is the worst thing ever. Well, guess what? <laughs> there, there's been <laughs> 75 previous years of Batman yeah. <laughs> for you to enjoy. Like there's, you know, it's it's a it's a library of that. You know, it's insanity. Yeah, I think it's always interesting when, um. There have definitely been times in the since I started collecting single issues where, and, and, and again, maybe this is just me, I'd sort of rather, like, try and, like, discover, like, a new character that I wouldn't necessarily be into. Like, I sort of, um, there have been a couple of times when I've sort of looked at my pull list, and, like, you might expect to, like, like, like some of like, the flagship books, like, you might expect to see things like Batman and Spider-Man and Avengers and X-Men and Fantastic Four and... Superman, and 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 there's a time where it's like it's like I'm not reading any of those. I'm reading like things that I I never would have thought that, especially on like the indie side, just going from like someone that, especially if, with like like the movies and like, the really high profile mm-hmm. characters, and then sort of reading those um sort sort of like maybe not B tier, but like it's always fun to um appreciate like favorite characters and maybe like non-popular characters why it feels cool to have like to be really enjoying the current batman one by sadarsky where especially on the title like batman where like i'm not going to be pulling like whatever i'm really going to be putting like batman like if i really want to read it badly because especially something like batman that's it's maybe one of like the titles that you're most available to be like catch up on later mm-hmm. so like, you're gonna have no trouble catching up on that later if you they want to read it month to month, so it's always special when that goes. It's so genuinely enjoyable. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's again, I, I, I think this is again like it, like I've said, the people who make these things, they love it just as much as we do, and I, I think mm. it's sort of important to respect that as well. Like, I mean, they, these, these are not the highest paying jobs in the world. I mean, the the comic industry, I believe, like as a whole, only makes about a billion dollars per year. And that's everyone combined. It's not just Marvel and DC. That's everyone. You know, it's at the end of the day, it is a it is a select medium. We're like we're the only ones who are pretty much, you know, into these things. So whether it might be, you know, I don't know, supporting your local comic shop and getting the singles there or whatnot. Like it's there's again, like there's just so many different titles to choose from and enjoy and respect and love and care for i mean who knows if you try a new thing and it ends up being your favorite i mean whoop de do like you you know you just you just found gold mine there of of uh having a good time you know i i've realized like some 
some characters aren't for me. But guess what? Like, there's a billion other characters that I'm I'm super into. You know, I, I think I know, again, it's it's the beauty of it. Like, you could, there's so many ways to different differently follow um, whichever path you prefer on, whether it be yeah, character, writer, artist, um, franchise, title. Uh, the list goes on and on. You know, that I, I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. There's you know, I, I don't know if I can say the same thing for Dan Garrett Beetle fans or Dan Garrett Blue Beetle fans, but I mean, hey, like, you know, Ted Kord's got, he's got JLI. If you want to read Hyman Rays, you can read this stuff in in and after Infinite Crisis. If you are a fan of um, Scott Free, you know, grab a copy of Mr. Miracle from your local comic shop or or if you're into any of the other Mr. Miracles, read Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers of Victory. You know, there's there's like there's so many like thousands and millions of issues published. <laughs> um I think for someone to just, you know, go there and just be nailed and focus on the one thing when there's so many other things to focus on. I, I think it's uh I think it's just a place of uh, mis mistrust misleading and like you can you can do there's there's just so many things you can do i mean that's this again that's the beauty of comics mm. and i i haven't tried um hoopla out myself but mm. i always say great things about that like interfacing with your local library or just the, sort of the local library in general that uh, i often hear sometimes about people getting comics from from there and that's that's always so good to hear and fun to see yeah that I, as someone who's volunteered at a public library for over 100 hours, I will say it is super refreshing to see people coming in and checking out books. Um, and you know, I mean, I mean, like, now, granted, I didn't, I didn't volunteer in a spot where I was checking in books. I was a computer docent. I was helping people with their technical problems, or if they needed something printed, or if uh, they had a programming question. Um, but but one thing I will say about public libraries, private libraries, and even even Hoopla, I mean it's a great resource if you are either on the fence about spending money or are hard struck to find money. Um, Hoopla is a great 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 resource uh, for for those who are uh, looking to read more. I mean that's that's my main goal too like i know have i've said like a billion main goals on this podcast but i think another one of my goals is like i want i want more people to read comics and people to read more comics if Mm. at the end of the day if that's what's happening i'm doing my job right um because i I mean that's that should be the goal for all of us if if that's if either one of those are happening or if both of those are happening i am satisfied i I'm, i'm good to go you know that's it's it's always cool seeing a review or seeing someone like saying they like something or tried something out like again like if there if something is not for you there's a billion other other things to try out because like again like everyone's got different tastes like i i like i love my my science fiction and my legacy comics it's why i read if there's anything with the jsa in it or if it's it's got cool space stuff i'll read it um other for other people, it might be you know if you love the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips stuff. If you're into pulp noir, or if you're into noir, like you you know you get those. You can get a Titan book um, from their. Uh, I, think, I can't remember what that imprint is called, but they have an imprint specifically for that. The people should go check out. Um, if you like hard nosed comics around the edge, like you know get get a Rick Remender book. If you like 
Um, if you just like uh, super fun comics uh, without, you know, without th- having the need to think too much about them, buy Super Sons. Go find, go find a trade oh, of yeah. Super Sons somewhere. Um, I still have the first Omni. Go, granted, I have all of the single issues, but I don't know how much they're going to keep expanding um, that Omni because I know that there's... There, Tomasi will. I don't think he's ever going to stop uh, doing those those stories. So it'll be interesting to see if they ever expand it, which I think they will, um, and how they're going to do it. But uh, I wanted to mention that in. Um, I've sent you a John Thumb emoji on Discord. Uh, yes. Um, but uh, I, I mean, not, I, I love that. I love those two buggers so much. Damien is Damien's my favorite Robin. That might be a hot take. It is, it is definitely a hot take, but he's. He's my favorite because he's such a spoiled brat, and I want to give him all the hugs and kisses in the world to let him know he's loved. So, uh, yeah, I have to. I, I, I wasn't going to let this pod go away without a Super Sense mention at least. Once. Yes. And, uh, again, I love that. Um, speaking of comics that, mm-hmm. how do you say, like, um, so that feature like younger characters and aren't necessarily like four younger readers or like exclusively for younger readers but would be like great um options maybe for some of these like just like younger readers things like strange academy mm-hmm. like strange academy finals yep. uh issue two i, I read that like you know, maybe yesterday at the time we we're recording this a couple of days ago and that was really fun i i really loved that whole series and i i, I am excited to see where it goes and if i, I probably mention this like every opportunity i get and i did half an episode on it with Davy Jones also from League of Comic Geeks but right mm-hmm. yeah so if you haven't read that already that's absolutely worth reading my dude Dylan keeps talking about it every single time I'm like man oh yeah I'll get to it <laughs> I'll get I'll get to it but I, I love um I love Doyle Dormammu I like a lot of the newer characters that they've introduced that I've seen popped up um what's her name appeared in uh, Midnight Suns man I read that issue one one, but never managed to pick it up. But I, I I know a strange academy character popped up in there too. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, th- I mean, I agree with the strange academy wreck for all the younger readers. Um, I think my actual favorite one would be this. This might be an interesting bit of sorts. Superman smashes the clan by uh, Jean Luen Yang and Guru Hiru. Yeah, I mean, the- uh, yeah. Jean Luen Yang, I can proudly say, is a friend of the podcast and a friend of our shops. Amazing. He is- one of the most amazing human beings I have and probably will ever meet because that guy is he's not only hilarious but he's super down to earth and super real about about everything too um and as an immigrant and as someone who's who's grown up here in the states and sort of found it hard in those first couple of years because I didn't know how to speak English um I had a different i guess culture like everyone else was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I was eating rice with adobo or different filipino foods uh different filipino dishes um and I, it's it's weird for me to say this but like I, i've i've sort of grown up and become more um i guess assimilated into american culture but that being said like um as someone who has gone through all the i guess all the stuff um to put it lightly uh i super super endorse that book for everyone it's not only i think readable for all ages but i think it gives um all of us uh, a great lesson about um humanity and just learning to be good people um 
and uh, it's it's one where uh, I, I think I'm I'm glad to say it's a it's an A plus recommendation from for me. There's also a great bunch of back material too um, mm, about yeah. um, Superman actually wrecking the clan back in the fifties um, and the sort of dissipation of yeah. um, uh, right wing or just overall white supremacy in the states. So I, I, there's 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 good stuff uh on that note as well in there. So that that's one that's one book. Again, weird but absolutely recommended for yeah, younger all all readers, every reader. Um Yeah. So. Yeah. And sort of on that note, is there anything final that you want to sort of mention or promote or maybe just Oh man. Just say um, where, where people can find you if not. Absolutely. So you can find me on pretty much every single uh, platform at Dom of X Studio, um, including YouTube. YouTube actually just started doing um, tags and users. So you can, I think you just type in youtube.com slash Dom of X Studio. You'll be able to to find my channel. Uh, I'll also have Joe on my podcast as well, planning to do more with him. So there's that if you guys so wish to do. Um, you can find me on League of Comic Geeks at, uh, my profile name is DJT. I'm there. Um, I don't know how I keep getting followers, but I, I appreciate the support, even though I don't really, I, I'll, I'll post much. I still need to get around to finishing the, um, Destiny of X reading order that I still have up. Mm, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, super bummed out that I just haven't been on time with that because life's mm. been so busy. Um, good stuff and bad stuff, uh, but I'll, I'll definitely get around to it. And of course, like we mentioned earlier, check out comicreleases.com where you can find uh, the best website for all of the dates and hardcovers that you can find. We also have solicitations on there going back, I think, to July of 2020. So if that's your thing, uh, check us out. Uh, you can also support us uh, via Patreon, only two bucks a month, get you whole bunch of awesome stuff helps keep the site running uh you obviously don't have to but we do appreciate it but yeah that's where uh, i think that's where you can uh, find me on uh yeah pretty much everywhere oh yeah i hope everyone's enjoyed this has been a quite a lengthy conversation we especially <laughs> because that monthly roundup still always in yeah everyone found it interesting i know i did it's always good to talk with another member of the comic community that i've still oh, man. absolutely thank you for having yeah. me on man yeah, it's always fun. Sort of what I wanted to do with this podcast, where like, um, I, I, I mean, I mean, sometimes you do have lengthy conversations with people online, but you know, it's like a proper like, so like two hours, like sit down. Dude, I know. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Anytime, anytime you need me on for two, five, twenty-four hours, I'll I'll be able to do it. <laughs> Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening. I would really appreciate it. If you want to keep up to date on new episodes, please subscribe. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email the show at joetalkscomics at gmr.com. You can find the podcast on Twitter at joetalkscomics. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at joelovescomics where we can continue talking comments. That's all for now, and I hope to see you next time. Bye!